This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 11th of November 2021. And Norman, the vast majority of people who are eligible for vaccination in Australia are now vaccinated, which is pretty exciting really. And with that, we're seeing borders starting to open and some freedoms coming back in places that haven't had a lot of freedom recently. But conversely, there are places that have had quite a lot of freedom up until recently that are losing freedom if you're one of those people that hasn't been vaccinated because we're seeing mandates coming in in places like Queensland. And then also we're coming towards the holidays and there are people who are sort of trying to figure out how they're going to negotiate those relationships with people that they love who aren't vaccinated for whatever reason. And we're getting a lot of questions about it. So rather than you and me banging on about it for another day. We thought we'd bring in someone who actually knows what they're talking about. So anyway, today we're joined by Professor Julie Leesk, who's a social scientist and professor in the Susan Wackel School of Nursing and Midwifery at the University of Sydney. She's been researching vaccine hesitancy before it was a thing. Hello and welcome, Julie. (laughs) Hi, Tegan. Hi, Norman. Hi, Julie. I mean, just give us an observation on where we're at before we get to some of these questions that we're we're answering. So we're, we're doing well. But we see big mandates happening, for example, Western Australia, in, in, in Queensland, and not in other states where we've seen very high uptake. What's your view on that? Yeah, we're seeing quite a lot of uh, different approaches to this from a policy perspective in different states. And that's you know g- continuous with how we've seen states manage COVID risk as well. I think Queensland and WA in particular have been quite risk averse in their strategies and they're now looking at um, requiring vaccination to enjoy certain privileges that people have had before. Whereas in New South Wales, Victoria, uh, and to some extent the ACT, we've had a situation where vaccination has exempted people from lockdowns at important thresholds where coverage is getting higher. So we have quite a lot of different kinds of requirements in different states from government. And then we have all these sort of various pop-up mandates from different organisations and businesses, even things like school formals where vaccinations are being required according to the people who are organising them. So we're, we're getting questions from people sort of on both sides of the fence here. Ben's fully vaccinated. He has got friends that aren't. He's trying to convince them, but they're claiming that the mandates are discrimination or a violation of human rights. And Ian he and his family are all vaccinated, but he's actually sort of sitting back and wondering why non-vaccinated community members won't be permitted to go into things like restaurants and social clubs in Queensland. Surely if we're vaccinated, Ian says, they pose no harm to us or other vaccinated individuals. Yeah, this is a real dilemma with vaccination. So vaccination requirements serve two major purposes. One is to to add particular strategy to the suite of other strategies to get vaccination coverage in a community or population high enough so you have some decent control over the disease. And the other strategy is where you're directly protecting others who are vulnerable to serious COVID illness. So for example, healthcare settings, aged care settings. So with those two different purposes in mind, there are different ways to think about requirements. So on one hand, we've got someone saying, "Isn't doesn't the harm really sit with the people who are unvaccinated rather than those who are vaccinated? But there's also this question about whether mandates are discrimination or some violation of human rights. Yeah, so in certain settings, they can be a form of overreach uh, where they can be 
disproportionate to the risk that the unvaccinated people pose to others. And this is actually quite a common question you get from people who don't vaccinate. Why are you leaving me out of this activity or this access to schooling or whatever it is? When you're all vaccinated, so you're meant to be not at risk. And it's all often posed as a bit of a challenge. And the fact is that we do need high vaccination coverage to just reduce the overall circulation of COVID or any other uh, vaccine preventable disease where you can get get control with high coverage. So, you know, having high coverage in certain settings is quite important, but then the tricky ethical questions come along. Once you reach that nice threshold of high coverage, like 85, 90, even 95%, do you really need to have hard mandates where you exclude the unvaccinated from certain things that they were able to do before because they're not vaccinated? because they're meant to be a risk to others. Now, yes, the unvaccinated people can be a risk to others. And because none of us have perfect immunity to COVID, we are still at risk of getting COVID from other people. But we're at risk of getting COVID from the unvaccinated, yes, but a little less so the, the vaccinated as well, because you can still pass it on if you get a breakthrough infection. And this is where I think people become very sort of simplified in their thinking about it as if it's all risks lie with the unvaccinated and no risk lies with the vaccinated. It's not as clear cut as that. Obviously being vaccinated is going to reduce your risk of getting COVID and of passing it on, but it's not like you shut out risk of COVID with vaccination. So that's why we do need to have some nuances around this issue. So Mark's asking, you know, what do you do about your family? You know, the awkward conversations where Christmas dinner, Christmas lunch, and you've got people who are in your family who are unvaccinated and don't want to get vaccinated. How do you suggest negotiating those conversations? Yeah, this is a pressing issue right now um, because of all the rules in place we have and the huge emphasis we rightly have on getting high vaccination rates and protecting others. So. There's a couple of things I think that we need to do. One is to figure out what the rules actually are. So if you're having a gathering at your place, are you going to be allowed to have people who are unvaccinated to your residence? And this, the local public health orders will tell you whether that's the case. And if you're not, then it's reasonable to ask, um, you know, just to ask everybody, look, I'm just checking to see everyone's vaccinated because we've got those rules right now. And if someone's not, let them know that un while unfortunately it's not possible to catch up in person at the moment, you know, we do look forward to catching up when we can um, and let's, you know, let's keep in touch by phone. So you keep the relationship because relationships are important as well as vaccination. But the second situation is more tricky. It's where you've got more discretion and where you don't have a particular public health order that says you cannot have the unvaccinated to your home or to your restaurant gather, gathering, for example, and then you have to make a decision. And I think one of the most helpful things to do here is to sort of, first of all, examine your motives. So ask yourself, am I possibly wanting to exclude this person just because I'm really annoyed and sick to death of anti-vaxxers? <laughs> um, or am I actually concerned about risk? And I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a bit of both. 
If we're just annoyed with anti-vaxxers, then I think there it's important to make an effort to understand why someone might not be vaccinating because people who don't vaccinate often don't identify as being anti-vax and they're at pains to say how they support vaccines in general, but they have particular concerns about the COVID vaccine or particular concerns about their own susceptibility to side effects from the vaccine. So understanding is good. And then the second thing is um, thinking about the risk in that setting. Is there a lot of COVID around in the community at that time? Are there people there who, even though they're fully vaccinated, might be at risk of getting COVID and getting really sick from it, such as people who have severe immunocompromise who might not have had three doses? And then also thinking about what other measures we have available to mitigate risk, because it's not just about vaccination. Of course, it's also about people using hand hygiene, in some settings using masks, um, making sure that we don't come to any gathering, regardless of whether we're vaccinated or not, if we have uh, respiratory symptoms at all. So there are other things we need to think about as well to have a kind of holistic household or community response to COVID. But these are definitely tricky conversations. And the overarching principle here, I think, is keeping the relationship, um, but also doing your best to protect others in a reasonable way. And of course, there's always rapid antigen testing if people really are concerned, which if you do a couple of rapid antigen tests beforehand, you're pretty sure they're not infected when they come. That's a very good point, Norman. You know, we don't always have to have the hard mandate of vaccinate or you're out. You can mitigate risks in that way in in having the rapid tests that are now um, easily available to people. It's one of those things where I'm so desperate for us to get to really high vaccination levels across Australia. Obviously, I got vaccinated and all that sort of thing, but I do worry what happens when people who are not willing to do it feel like they're cornered or like they, they feel like they've been put into a position where they, they haven't got a choice and maybe they feel persecuted because of that and what that does to maybe entrench divisions in society? This is, this is something that concerns quite a lot of us in vaccination policy and programs where you have vaccine, vaccination status almost seen as a point of division and the unvaccinated become the new lepers, if you like. And the fact is that risk will continue to be around us that being vaccinated doesn't make us completely immune to COVID. We can still get it and we can still pass it on. Obviously, it's a lower risk when you're vaccinated. But that means that we do need to be careful around how we manage the unvaccinated. And we know from a, a research in the past that, that we've done and others have done that when you go too hard with someone who's quite resistant to vaccination, you can actually sometimes cause a backfire effect where be they become even more entrenched in their opposition and they're just going to manage. They're not going to be moved by the requirements and they're going to go so far as to even give up their job, etc. Some of these people actually just need a bit more time and they need someone to sit down with them and address their concerns with respect and good quality information. And when we have this strong reaction, reaction to the unvaccinated, we can actually produce these backfire effects that further, further radicalise people on the margins of acceptance. I'm along those lines, Julie, I'm hearing from Aboriginal communities, um, Aboriginal community-controlled health organisations, that if 
it sometimes takes seven conversations um, with somebody who's vaccine hesitant to get them over the line. And as long as you're patient, you get them there. Absolutely. And, and I'm getting people contacting me randomly, members of the public, saying, you know, you're the first person I've heard speaking about this who's a bit more moderate. And when I come to people with my questions which are, you know, they're genuine, legitimate questions uh, in areas where there is uncertainty, they get shouted down, they get called anti-vaxxer, and it, it gets them more angry and more reactive such that they want to dig in more and they're even willing to consider losing their incomes even if they've got a family to support. So it is a harsh environment for the very hesitant right now and the way we manage this problem, because it is a problem, it's a problem for them, they're at risk, is very important how we manage it. And at a policy level, at a community level, at a family level, and an, you know a relational level, say, for example, between couples, it needs to be handled delicately. And if we can do that, and sometimes just give people enough time and enough time to address the concerns they have and to feel comfortable with vaccinating, then we can actually help them move to a point where they're willing to consider it or to even vaccinate. So tread lightly, compassion and respect. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. That was Professor Julie Lisk from the University of Sydney and that's Coronacast for today. We'll catch you tomorrow.